Hi, welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, a body-mind spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Seitz, and I'm really excited today to have Heidi Tucker with me. She is a, a author and motivational speaker and someone that really motivates me. So thank you for being with us, Heidi. So great to be here. Thank you, Summer. I've really enjoyed um, your very soulful and hopeful Facebook posts over the last many months, especially during COVID experiences, I think people have been having. Um, it's been fun to see you out and about again, speaking, yeah. writing. Yeah, I, I really felt, especially during that dark period, I felt like the world needs some light. And so I feel like that's my mission is to bring light and hope into the world, just, you know, a little bit at a time, whatever I can do. Absolutely. And, and one of the things I love about Heidi, we talked about this kind of off camera last time, but I do feel, and I'm just going to honor this. I do feel like women that are older, that have had more life experience, that there's just this, like this wisdom, this soulful wisdom that you can bring to the world, because let's be honest, you've, you've been through quite a few soul lessons, right? You've been through life's journeys and you've come out the other side. Absolutely. Haven't we all? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's important to acknowledge because Heidi is not only an author and a speaker, but she's been a mother. She's a grandmother, right? Can you tell us, tell them a little bit about who you are and just a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I devoted the whole first half of my life. I say first half because the women in my family lived to be a hundred, right? And so the whole first half until I was 50, I just poured myself into raising my family and doing part-time jobs on the side. And now that I'm an empty nester, my, my entire life looks different. Now I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I found that new passion and that, you know, that calling. I feel like it's a calling to really bring light and to hope to people who are struggling. And um, so it's been a wonderful journey, a new journey. And um, my kids just look at me and my grandkids like, look at her, look at her look go, at her, you know, look at her go. There's no rocking chair on my porch. Let me put it that way. Right? <laughs> oh, and I love so, that because we talked about this, but in native American traditions and like other, I love to read, you know, just wisdom books. And oftentimes it's a, a menopausal women post that is like considered that wisdom giver. Like they look for women that are older, that are the matrons of society really to bring this matriarchal culture, right. To bring the wisdom to the tribe mm-hmm. or the group. They used to not go to war without getting all the grandmothers together and having them have a conversation about like, should we do this or not? And I, I just think right. what would the world look like today if we could honor this deep, wisdom that you have. I mean, you, when you raise a family for that many years, there's a lot of soul lessons that you learn and a lot of lessons that you have right. to share. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So thank you for being here. That brings us to our topic. But before we talk about that with the audience, I'd like to tell them a little bit about the titles of your books, because I think it's going to give them a clue of what the topic is. Mm-hmm. Um, Heidi's got four books that she's written again in this like time in her life. I think that's awesome. Um, bridge, the bridge of miracles is her recent release. Yes. Just hot off the press. Yep. Hot off the press. Um, finding hope in the journey. Am I saying Mm -hmm. that right? Yes. Servi song. Am I saying that right? That was a song. Servi song. And then the, the, and the secret keepers, the secret keepers. 
So these, right. these books are a lot about um, rising out of the ashes or their darkness and finding light and hope. And you're, you've gone and interviewed people, studied their lives and told their stories. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. I'm so drawn to people who find themselves in incredibly difficult situations that we would all deem as just impossible and so tragic. And they find the strength, they find the inner strength and the spiritual strength, you know, and the, the emotional strength to pull themselves up out of these ashes of despair and to, to reach out and find the light again and to move forward in their lives. And when I think when we read about other people's lives, often it helps to inspire us to look inward at our own life. We change the details, right? Yeah. We say, okay, what can I do to move forward and to lift others and to lift myself up so that I can be the very best person I can be? And so it's a motivator to, I've, I'm drawn to those kind of books to read. And so naturally, those are the kind of books I want to write. Oh, it makes sense to me because I mean, I, I think towards the end of life, what you see is it's the journey. It's the lessons that really matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. yes. Absolutely. I think that's wonderful. And we and have a I lot of life stories, to live, but <laughs> I think stories are the very best teacher as well. Um, true mm. stories help us feel principles. They, they help us feel it instead of just, you know, lecturing from a pulpit, you yeah. read it, you feel it and you imagine and you bring your, their story into the own, your own chapters of your own book and just feel it and learn from it. Those are my favorite books to read as well. And, and just that power of narrative. I agree a hundred percent. Right. Well, and that's kind of, it's so interesting because what the audience doesn't know is that Heidi and I've been trying to do this for a while. <laughs> We've been yeah. back and forth and yeah. I was going to interview her about the secret keepers, which I was really interested in at the time because, you know, it has a mental health aspect to it. And it really, I thought fit the podcast. And then just like you, I kind of follow the energy of like, where is God's spirit leading me? And it just that day, that week, I was like, it's not yet. It's not now. And I knew that you were supposed to be on here, but I just wasn't sure. And then you posted mm-hmm. the other day about your own current battle, your own story, your own narrative right. and how you're working through that. And I thought now that's what I want. I want Heidi to be telling her own story, her own narrative. Mm-hmm. I love that. Right. That's powerful. Um, even though she's a great storyteller about other people's uh, rise, but this is hers yeah. and she's going to share mine. today her own kind of, um, and that brings us to our podcast topic her own soul lessons and balance that she's been learning um, in the journey of, of having some recent, we call them face plants, right? You've had some recent face plants, some difficulties that you've run into. Um, right, exactly. So I appreciate yeah. you being so vulnerable. Oh, absolutely. That. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to be really human today, right? Yep. Because, uh, you know, on and I try to be, I try to be vulnerable and real on social media and uh, in my own stories as well. But, um, you know, I've, I'm running a hundred miles an hour, you know, from 6am until 11 o'clock at night when I drop into bed and I, and I'm doing too much, but what, what really stopped me in my tracks recently was a a very, very, um, extreme case of vertigo Mm -hmm. that hit. And it just, I mean, you talk about stopping you in your tracks. There is no greater, uh, ruder interrupter of life than vertigo because um, essentially I rolled over in bed and it, it put me into such a spin that I couldn't get out of the spin for several days. And um, so, you know, everything is canceled, right? I can't even leave my chair and um, 
it was so such a dark period. Um, now I still have some vertigo now, but it's, it's less, it's, it's workable. I can sort of get through my day and I can, can function with what I have now, which is residual. They've um, been able to clear the crystals out of those inner ear tubes where they didn't belong, but they were, they were so far back in a really difficult place to get out that I had to go undergo quite some, some difficult therapy to get them to move out. And it was really traumatizing. I, um, you know, there's a difference between a bad, <laughs> a bad situation that happens and something that enters into the trauma field. And um, certainly I felt like there was trauma in, in working with my therapist to, to get those crystals out. And um, um, I, I mean, I just cried all day. I couldn't stop crying, you know, and that's, I feel like that's a result of something that's a deeper traumatic experience. Um, really bad, bad vertigo for any of your listeners that have been there. Um, first, you think um, you're going to die. And because you can't even, you don't even know where you are. You're just holding on to anything that's next to you as the whole room is spinning. And then shortly after that, you're afraid that you're going to live. Mm, that pain. And you think, yes, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Because you think I can't, I can't go forward with this. And, you know, and then so immediate, pretty quickly, I fell into what I call the why me's, why me, right? I'm out writing inspirational books. I'm out doing all kinds of inspirational speaking. I'm trying to, to bring light into the world. I'm trying to, to lift others and to do all of this really good work. I feel like I'm a good person. Why me? You know, and so you say to yourself. And for me, you know, my, my spirituality resides in God and Jesus Christ. And so I'm saying, God, why, why would you let this happen to me? Right. So I get into this, in addition to the spiral that's <laughs> truly going on inside my mind. I'm also, I've got this emotional spiral downwards of the why me's. And at some point during the therapy, once I kind of got, you know, out of the, the initial spinning that was so violent that I could actually walk again, you know, across the room, but I still needed to do some healing. I, I've talked about this to so many audiences in when I go on and do some speaking events about the transition of going from why me to what now. And I, I recognized that I was deep into the why me's and that I needed to turn and make that transition to say, you know, it takes a little bit of humility. It takes some faith. It takes some, some inner work and to just say, okay, this is maybe a little bit of a new reality for me. And so, all right, God, what now, what am I to learn? You know, where do I, where do I need to adjust my life? I need to balance it a little bit better. You know, perhaps I've been taking on too much. Um, I need to focus a little bit on me. I need to, to, to do some real self-care, mm. you know, please help me to get back on the mountain so that I can be in nature and to feel the, the light and the energy and, and the beauty of nature again, so that I can begin to heal my soul. And um, that was a, that's a difficult transition, but I recognized it. So it was like, I was eating the, the words that I speak at pulpits, right? I was having to do what I talk to people about on my own. And, and I, 
I feel like I've done that. And it was, it's been so meaningful to me. It's given me um, a new, not a new purpose, but it's, it's the, I'm adjusting sort of how, how much can I do, but still take care of myself. I need, I need to find some balance here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to continue doing what I do, but maybe with some new colors in my wings, right? I have new empathy. I have new perspective for people who struggle with really chronic health issues. That's such a real hard thing, but um, above all, it's just peace. You know, it's just the peace that I feel from sort of having been there and, and risen up. I've, I've done some rising up myself and I feel um, human. I feel vulnerable, but I feel a great amount of peace of, of where I'm going and it will be better. Mm. Can I highlight a few things you said just for our listeners that I just think are so gorgeous? One yeah. of them, one of them is I feel like you're arriving. I'm kind of work from the where we're at and we're backwards, but you're arriving in this really what I call a holy space, right? This really beautiful mm-hmm. space of humility where you that's the catalyst for new learning, new expansion, because you're saying, I'm open to doing things differently. Like I don't have the plan. The way I've done it before isn't the right way per se, I'm open to seeing it differently. And I think that's really valuable for people uh, and their soul expansion, soul growth. But I like to go back to a little bit when you were talking about that, why me, like what brought you there? Because I think so many people are here in this place. I've been here many, many times. I think a lot of us believe and feel, um, I often, I call it, (laughs) I call it the slot machine God with some of my clients, right? But there's this idea if I put in good, right? If I put in good, I do good things. I follow the rules, whatever those may be, right? I do the things that are the good things in my life that I'm I'm owed or my life should look a specific way that I won't struggle. That's going to save me from struggle. I'm not going to have hardship because, and we really believe that, right? As people, that's a sense of safety that we all have this idea that if I live this certain way, then I'll be safe and secure and I won't struggle. And yet I don't see anywhere (laughs) where that's necessarily <laughs> promised us, right? No. And and I think we can agree that the greatest growth, if we're here to learn and grow and expand, which I, I'm biased, I think that we are, to here to learn and grow Absolutely. and expand, then mm-hmm. how do we do that without those struggles, right? How do we do that without those, as you you said earlier, like those face plant moments, those, those uh, in many ways it's described of dark nights of the soul, shadow time, right? A lot of different ways this has been described by people, but those are the, exactly the places where the real growth happens, right? In the cocoon of the butterfly, right? Where things really work themselves out. We all love yeah. the flying stages. We all love the time when we, we spread our wings and we get to fly. That's beautiful. But I think we need to honor the times when we're getting blessed by having a struggle. Like we're actually getting blessed by having things not go our way. And I think that helps. Um, none of us ask for that or go, please send that my way today. But right. I think we can see that more. And I think you're right. As you, you move into it, you move with it. It's actually less painful and you can, you kind of go with the grain versus against it. Yes. What, you know, what now, what now? Cause I'm sure this is still painful. Like I'm, I'm hearing you, you're still in it. It's not like you've arrived at the flying stage again, per se. Right. I'm yeah. flying a little crooked. I, I am flying, yeah. but I'm yeah. flying a little crooked because the room still moves a little bit. It doesn't yeah. spin. 
it doesn't spin, but it, it moves a little bit. Yeah. I think, um, boy, the white, the white picket fence, you know, Mm -hmm. syndrome that we all have, which is that everything is going to be just fine because we are doing X, Y, and Z. We are checking these boxes. Mm -hmm. And, um, then something like this, I think crisis always precedes growth. Mm -hmm. A wrench has to be thrown that trips us up and, um, you know, we, we face plant in the mud, whatever that crisis is, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, and we lay in the mud for a while, which I feel like we should, we need to feel that. And, but at some point we reach out to whatever our spiritual strength is and we rise and we find the strength to, to get on our knees and stand up and wipe that mud off our face and take a step forward. And that is such a beautiful transition. And guess what? After that face plant moment, you have a new gift. Absolutely. You have a new gift. You have a new gift. You have new perspective about yourself and how you need to care for yourself, as well as I believe we all receive spiritual gifts from the face plants. And now we have this great opportunity to go forward and to use that spiritual gift to enlighten others, as well as to feed ourselves. Yeah, I was just having this conversation with my son last night, actually, I was just saying, I don't actually know any main spiritual teacher, you mentioned Jesus Christ, but I mean, you you know, others that I've studied as well, different thought leaders, or people who are, you know, wisdom guides, all of them have descend, ascend moments, like that's just part of the journey here, right? Mm -hmm. We descend, and then we ascend that pattern is there. And so I, I have a tendency to ask myself, Am I in a descent right now? Okay. What's, where's that coming from? What's that showing me? It could be showing mm-hmm. me my own patterns. It could be showing me my patterns that, cause we have a tendency and that's maybe something we can talk about next to, I think we like to assign blame. This is what I've noticed in the right. drama triangle. When we talked a little bit about the drama triangle and I have on this podcast, but I think as a society, we like to assign blame. Uh, there's mm-hmm. been lots of TED talks on this, but it's in our language, right? The bra- the vase doesn't break itself like it does in Spanish. I speak Spanish. Somebody broke that vase, right? <laughs> so, so who broke it? Whose fault is it? We need to make sure yeah. we can assign that blame so that we know who we can correct so we can be safe and secure. Yes. Right? Whether that's you, it's my fault. Now I'm, you know, now I'm mad at myself, right? I'm mad at myself. I'm in self-loathing. It's somebody else's fault. Okay, now you're persecuting me and I'm upset with you. That's that persecutor, right? Right. Maybe circumstantially, like life is a terrible thing. You know, we're in that victimhood place. And so like, it's the circumstances fault, or I'm just not in a situation where I can rise. We can have that kind of a mentality. Um, and we can also avoid it. Um, we can avoid the whole experience of seeing it at all. And I find that's really common. I don't know, Heidi, if this will, you'll relate to, but it's really common for people who are like you and I, uh, therapists are often rescuers. We like to go out and let's make sure let's, we want other people to feel good. We feel good when other people feel good, right? We feel good helping others. We like to help other people rise. And so that's really an interesting way to kind of avoid seeing and doing our work, right? Interestingly enough, and we can feel really good about that, but there's almost this avoidance of nothing's actually happening here. Like, don't look behind the curtain, you know, Wizard of Oz, right? Like there's (laughs) nothing going on here, right? Yes. And so these are the ways people, I think, avoid uh, doing their work. What do you think? I think absolutely. We, um, 
we are, we become so focused, you know, as, as women, particularly as mothers and with our begins training 101 is with our children, right? Everything is outward. We are feeding others, right? We are feeding others physically, spiritually, and emotionally for how many years do we do that? And, um, and all of a sudden, you know, some of these things happen in our lives and you think, wait a minute, good things don't happen to, I mean, bad things don't happen to good people, but thank heavens they do because it's, those are periods of growth. And that causes us when something stops us in our tracks, it all of a sudden changes everything. And it helps us to take a minute and to focus inward because maybe we haven't done enough of that. Mm. It's all been outward. And there's a beautiful balance there to be able to help yourself and to feed yourself so that you can help others. Yeah. I hear compassion in your voice. I hear the wisdom of, I think all things lead to love for me personally. I think the journey mm-hmm. towards God is towards greater love and greater gratitude. Right. And I think of that comes peace, Absolutely. but I hear this, this compassion that you've been learning because of this chronic illness that you're dealing with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a greater yes. compassion for people who maybe can't rise up right now and be productive. Cause you know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. To be present in their, you know, to, some people are, are just in a point in their life, you know, on the spectrum that they, they are just, they're stuck. They're stuck mm-hmm. right there. And um, yeah, the compassion for that, for that position that they're in. I, I spoke last night um, at an event and I had a woman that came up and just cried and cried, uh, hugged me and said, I'm, I'm stuck. I, I feel like I can't go, you know, any further. And, and so I talked with her for a little bit, but um, that is a real thing. And that's, I, I feel so much compassion for people who are there. I've been there as well. I've had some depression in the past as well. Um, I have to be really careful that anxiety doesn't get away from me. Um, it is, it has been triggered by the vertigo. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling the numbness and the tingling and the whole thing that, you know, in my jaw and like all the way down through my body. So I'm having to take some time now to do a little more meditation and to get outside and to connect with nature and to feel that and to just really um, give myself a vitamin pill of light and of hope and of, you know, all, all things good that the earth can give to me and that my spirituality can give to me so that I can kind of rise up from this, which I, I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing that now. I see that too. I love that you bring out nature. The last several podcasts, we've talked about, uh, concepts of divine feminine being found in nature, um, that connection, mother earth, how men and women, men and women both, uh, need to know that they're one with earth. Like we're, we're one with earth. We're not separate from it. And I think the Mm -hmm. more separate we get from it, this is science. Like they've proven the more separate, right. That we become from our green spaces, the more anxiety, depression we tend to have as people. And uh, ironically though, we can go days without connecting to her or this energy of like nature without, being intentional about that in the way we live today. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. We have to, we have to make it a priority on our to-do list of things, right? It's, mm-hmm. I think that we are sometimes taught um, that it's selfish, right? To be focusing on yourself and 
for so many years as we raise children, um, we are selfless in all the giving and all the giving that we do. And um, so it's just a reminder. We get these um, rude awakenings <laughs> in life that remind us, okay, it's time to take care of yourself a little bit. Yeah. So I think there's seasons, like you said, of inflow and outflow. I do think, mm -hmm. like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm 44. So my kids are kind of like up, you know, they're, I don't babies anymore. Right. But I still have kids at home, got one in college mm -hmm. and then two still at home, 10 and 15. Um, but I have noticed that um, it's really easy to follow after all of their activities, even though I have a profession um, and get super burned out and, um, and then become, and let's talk about this, then become kind of a bit of a martyr. That's another part of this drama that the victim martyr is a, quite a role. Yes. Um, right. The martyr being, it's everybody else's fault that I can't take care of me, that I don't have a sense of self, that, that I don't have my own ambitions or it's not even ambitions, but I don't, I don't get to have a me, right. Aside from these roles. Um, and that's an interesting place to be because I, I, when I, when I go there, which I, we all have, I think we're really honest with ourselves. We've all gone there at some point. Yeah. I evaluate, I made every one of those choices though. Right. Like right. I got to I choose, I chose everything that I was doing and really uh, my, my family sure loves it when I take care of me because I show mm -hmm. up in a different way with them. My husband right. loves it when I let him know, I'm sorry, I just need some me time. I need to read Jack charge so I can come back a little nicer today, yeah. <laughs> you know, a little less crabby. Yeah. Um, so right. I've, I've learned to speak my truth there. And, um, some of us just need more alone time and stillness time than others and knowing yourself as well. I personally right. require it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. And when I hike and when I mountain bike and when I do what I call my power prayer walks, mm. there is no music in my ears, no music. Yeah. It is silence every single time because I, I, I need to be able to receive. Right. And if I've got Billy Joel blasting in my you know, earbuds, I'm not going to hear anything. And so I make that a point for, to have silence. Sometimes if I have a commute um, to go, you know, 30 minutes or so or more um, somewhere in the car, I will turn the radio off and drive in silence. If I feel like I need that space, mm -hmm. which becomes really sacred. It becomes a sacred, um, holy space in my life. And I take it seriously and I make sure that I get enough of that. But, um, you know, I thought of something when you were talking just a minute ago, I I'm 60 now and I've got 11 grandkids and my adult children. And I feel this real desire now to find this really great balance, which, which is why I love these soul lessons that we get that, that help us get in balance with ourselves. I want to be balanced. I want my children and my grandchildren to see a really healthy me, not just right a blockbuster award-winning author. I don't want them to just see that. I want them to feel um, the compassion and the peace and the love that I have and to get there, I need to take care of myself so that there's a, a beautiful balance that they can see and maybe, you know, take notes for, for their lives. Because my, my children right now are raising littles, right? They're in the midst of the littles. And I want them to see that this is what you've got to look forward to. You know, maybe take some notes now and find that balance and take care of yourselves. 
I want my grandkids to see that 60 is fabulous, right? And that um, I want them to feel my happiness and my joy, um, but to also see that I'm human and to recognize all of it as part of life. Yeah. One of the things that we were talking about before was the concept of presence as the way of stepping out of that drama triangle, right? Because that Mm -hmm. drama triangle of being, let's be honest, the drama triangles, it's run by scarcity. There's not enough time. There's not enough me. There's not enough something, right? And it's also that victimhood mentality because there's not enough, then that's the reason why all of these things that I'm choosing, right? I can't make choices because life is kind of making those choices for me, right? You're kind of the victim of the circumstance. Mm-hmm. Right, Whether it be the, the, yeah, your own circumstances, your own internal voices that can be a lot of places, but um, I feel you're describing presence, right? This idea of really being present and just asking yourself like, what's required today, right? What's yeah. needful today? Yeah. Exactly. And the world does not want us to be present, right? The mm-hmm. world pulls on us. And, um, and we either, either hear negativity from others or online or whatever, wherever that might be, which pulls us into the past. And we start to say, well, what if I had just done this, you know, regrets and blame and all of that. And in addition, I think the busyness of life, um, can pull us into the future where our calendars are so filled that we, we are just so stressed out about what's coming Mm -hmm. that we're not present. And so we have to make that that presence happen. And that's been just reinforced to me by this whole recent episode of where the vertigo just knocked me off my rocker. And um, because you are more present than when you're in vertigo, because there is nothing you can do, but be present and try to survive that period where you're trying to get through that. And so it was just reinforced to me a, a really good soul lesson, um, you know, about really being present and how can I do this once I get out of this, um, this spin cycle, can I bring this into my life and find a better, hopeful, beautiful balance in my life and to be present, to find that presence. So I'm, I'm still going to be working on that. Yeah. And I think that's life, right? We're going to always be working on it, right? Learning the next lesson, expansion, Exactly. Um, so I, I guess I, let's, let's talk a little bit about soul lessons, maybe dive a little deeper because you not only are on your own, but I think you've written some beautiful books about other people's soul lessons. So I know that soul lessons are something kind of near and dear to your heart, at least from what I've seen mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, getting to know you, Heidi, a little, but I, I, I'm impressed by your maturity in, because I'm a trauma therapist and I walk people through their soul lessons, right. To try to help them get to the other side of them and to stop maybe repeating the same negative patterns and cycles over and over again, because some of our soul lessons, we didn't choose. Let's be real. Like a lot of, some of our soul lessons come to us because, um, we are in a certain life and we, we, we were born into a certain situation. And so we get to learn, I guess, out of some of those patterns that were handed to us, right. From our family of origin or circumstances. And maybe choose to rise above that. And um, I think those are the strongest humans on the planet. I I am in awe of my clients. I tell them that all the time. Like I feel Mm -hmm. that sacred space to be present with them in their journey because many of them, if you look at the adverse child inventory scale, I mean, it's like the scale up to like nine or 10, but you know, they're like eights, a lot of them. And I'm like a two, you know, and so I'm looking at their ability to rise 
and I'm humbled that they would even ask my help, honestly, because their, their, their ability to, to even be in that office and the courage to face their story is impressive to me. Right. And you're a writer, but I think you have that same kind of experience with these people, right? Yeah. Yeah. In, in the secret keepers. I mean, that's the story of Margie who's, um, was horrifically abused and traumatized as a child yeah. to the point that her mind splits and she now lives with dissociative identity disorder, mm-hmm. which for your listeners, that used to be called multiple personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, we were, we had just received a first shipment of the books. And um, so her story is just um, told, you know, in, in that book. And I, I spent two years writing that book because I wanted to be respectful and I wanted it to be real Um, But I wanted it to be inspirational, which usually you don't equate DID with inspirational, but I wanted to focus on her rise. And we were sitting with a table full of books that the two of us were going to sign 200 books for an event when it just, when the book had first come out and I'm signing away over there and she's just kind of sitting there. Mm -hmm. And I said, Margie, um, are you okay? And she said, you know, that little girl was silenced for so many years and look this this is about to go out to the world you know and i said margie that that little girl is going to be loved and listened to by thousands of people and it was you know we just both started to cry it was such a moment of her ability to rise up from where she had been which was so horrific to the point that she's now found herself, she has purpose, and she's going to bless the lives of others because of her story. And I've seen you know, similar things with everyone that I write about. It's just incredible. Bridge of Miracles is about a poor barefoot young boy in Kenya who's living in the largest slum, the largest slum in Africa, in Nairobi. And it's his ability to pull himself up out of that situation and come to the United States with $50 in his pocket, not, not knowing where he's going to live, like nothing, right? He just, he, on a string of miracles, he's able to get that flight to the United States. And it's just, you know, those kind of people I'm, I'm so in awe of. And um, people say to me all the time, I cry when I read your books. And I say to them, I cried when I wrote it. I mean, I just sat and cried as I wrote, you know, the chapters of their life. It's just in- incredible. I'm so blessed to have been able to do that. But we do, we learn from these people that rise up and, and you with clients in your office. I mean, don't you just, yeah, Sacred we're, just, space. we're better, we're better people. We're stronger um, because we've been there with them. It's just amazing. Honestly, there's no better job. I tell people all the time. I love being a trauma specialist. And they're like, why? Like, why would you mm-hmm. hear these stories? I, I, I have to share that. I didn't share this with anyone, Heidi, but I'm gonna share it with you because you'll appreciate it. I, I got a, a Marco Polo from a friend, not a client. So I can share this, but just, and I won't share her details. Of course, they're hers to share, but just sharing with me her self-healing work, right. That she had done and her ability to address some trauma that she had finally found. And she and I, I taught her, you know, I've been part of this journey with her kind of hearing and kind of giving her some ideas of like how to approach these things. And other people had been involved. There's multiple partners in healing. It's never just you. Right. But I was one of the partners and uh, I sat in my car and I just cried 
but they were just tears of joy. Like I heard this Marco Polo and I just had a cry and I, I just clicked it on and like responded right then. Cause I wanted to see, I said, look, I can sit in a room and, and keep my own emotions about somebody's trauma pretty much under wrap. Cause it's not about me. Like right. I can do that. But what I can't not share or let through is the joy of them coming out of it. Like that just burst the tear ducts open. I can't help but cry those tears. The, right. the, the crying for the wounded self, I can let that wait because that's not really my, I mean, it's their wound and I, I can hold space for that. Yes. But I've found that God, you know, whatever you believe lets me can't, I cannot help but cry the tears of presence of joy for the rise. Yes. That joy Absolutely. just has to be shared with the universe. And I just do. Mm-hmm. And I let that happen with clients because it's beautiful. Look at what just mm-hmm. happened. Look at how the divine God, you know, how look how all of this kind of came together to help you move forward. It's a right. beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful That's thing beautiful. to see. It, it just makes me realize how we're not the authors and finishers of our journey, that we're actually receivers of them. And I think mm-hmm. that really helps us on the path of soul is just going, okay, what's my next lesson guide? Like, I'm yes. not trying to do this myself. Like, what's the next lesson? I trust you. I'm looking mm-hmm. to be led and understand and grow towards myself. You're just trying right. to lead me back to me, right? Right. Yeah. And we're so, don't you just so united too? You know, we're just all on this journey together. And, um, we're all just united in trying to be the best that we can and to try to rise up and, and we just learn from each other. I, I love it. I love the connection and the community that I feel. Yeah. The more, the more I open myself up and hear other people's stories, I just feel like we are all in this together. Yeah, it's a round table. I always say that like concepts of hierarchy don't really appeal to me because I feel like whenever I connect, however you do it, whenever I meditate or I connect to God, I feel immediately the signature of that space is oneness and unity. And there is no higher or lower. It's just all one. And that is so peaceful and beautiful to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to practice stepping into, right? Because I think in this life, there's a lot of other types of lessons, a lot of other voices that we hear. Yeah. The voices of, like you said earlier, scarcity, I'm not enough. They're Mm -hmm. not enough. Somebody's to blame. Right. Right. That, that, that jumps in. Um, so as we're kind of wrapping this up, your soul lesson has been in balance. Then what I often do in my own healing work with soul lessons as if you're willing, is I name it out loud. All right. This is what I learned. This is what I'm letting go of. And this is what I'm stepping into. That's actually part of my process. Mm -hmm. Um, so I invite, I invite that for you. Like, what did you learn? What was your soul lesson in balance or learning? You could be still learning your lessons right yeah, I'm still learning. I, it, um, but really, it was um, it was a lesson on on the presence of life to be mm. present, right? And to and to slow down um, a little bit because I'm I'm trying to get to carry too much. To slow down, be present, and position my heart to see and to hear and to feel those glimmers of lessons and of hope and just of everything that I'm to learn and so that I can continue to grow. It's about opening up my heart again, you know, a reminder, open up your heart and, and grow from this. And um, so it's turned from a negative thing to I'm, I'm turning it into a positive thing. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, there are days that I'm a little more dizzy than others that I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> this is so rotten. But um, hey, I we're we're here to have a mortal experience and to feel and to learn and to grow. And the only way we can do that is to just walk through it, walk through it with an open heart. And so that's what I'm doing right now. Mm, I love the soul lesson of the open heart. I relearn it a lot. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah. I relearn it a no, lot. No, we think that should be a life. <laughs> okay, been there, done that. Good. Check that off my yeah, list. Yeah, no. no. We're no. doing something else. Yeah. Because you think of that heart opening, it, it can it open to infinity, right? So I think yes. that it just keeps opening and opening. Right. Um, and I think that to that's be, the goal to keep to opening. be both open and to be soft. I think of how do I soften my heart, which makes it malleable, you know, so that it can. It, it's willing to learn, it's willing to grow, and that it really. Um, so I, my eyes are wide open spiritually right now as I'm trying to gather the lessons and to move forward a little bit wiser than I was two weeks ago, a month ago. And I think this is powerful because I would consider you already very wise, and I bet a lot of people do. I bet a lot of people come to you to hear your wisdom. But here you have someone saying, I'm always learning. Like, like I think truly wise people know that they don't know, right? Yes. The more you know, the more you know that you don't know. And you're just like, no, exactly. I don't know. I'm just curious, right? Like, I'm just here learning. I say that to myself all the time. I yeah. have so much to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to do that. I want to do the journey. Mm-hmm. I want to do the journey. I don't love the vertigo, but I want the journey. I want the journey of growth. And so yeah. I'm at peace with that. I love that. So, there, so you accept, and so, so what are you, you're letting go of, and then maybe what are you stepping into, right? You're letting go of maybe some of that imbalance of, I'm not sure I'm hearing you right, Heidi, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're letting go of being so focused on the doing and maybe stepping more into the beingness of life. Is that what I'm hearing? That's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Oh, I, I want grandchildren to love that tomorrow, so much. <laughs> I, I want to be a softer, kinder, compassionate person mm. to myself and to my own, um, my own being so that that can infiltrate out and, inf- and influence those that are just in my presence. I love that. I, so I study mindfulness. I study lots of things because I, I teach mindfulness. Um, and one of the concepts, it's called Wu Wei, <laughs> that's right here in front of us. But it's, it's, it's an interesting term because I do, you know, yoga and whatnot, but it's the idea of the dichotomy of, 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 um, accomplishing by not doing it's the non-action. And it's always been a weird one for me coming from such a Western culture, uh, from my religious background, it was always about doing, doing, doing goal setting. Right. And so when I, when right. I, when I really set, and I'm very good at goal setting, I'm very good at getting things done, right. That's natural yeah. for me. But the concept yes. of non-doing as actually more productive was really a difficult for me when I first started looking at it until I started to get the concept of surrender. It was like, I have no need, desires, will. I'm just here to be a receptive vesicle and just let whatever wants to come through me, come through me. And then yes. it's like, it's interesting because you're doing but it's not you who's doing the doing, right? You're just saying, I'm just flowing with, I'm just following the, the rabbit. I'm just following the flow. I'm just following like where God's source is energy, but how would people believe this is sending me next? Yes. Um, 
and again, like you, I also have Christian beliefs, like makes me think of like, not my will, but thy will, right? This, this concept of just letting, letting God and like trusting and letting go. Right. And it's, it's hard for us as human beings to do that because again, that trust factor, a lot of us struggle with trust. If we've been injured, we don't know where Mm -hmm. our safety is going to come from. Right. Um, But I invite the audience to think about that, uh, doing from non-doing it's kind of interesting the non-action because actually you get a lot you get a lot more done actually things come through you yeah yeah I'm I'm a list maker and so right now what I'm doing is I'm not as focused this is a sort of a this is a switch for me yeah it's not checking off the boxes right I've got a list every day when I wake up I look at my list but then what I do is I go up on the mountain mm. or I take a walk, you know, down the road or through the, through the fields or wherever I'm going to, whatever I'm going to do that day. And I say, where do you want me to go with that? You know, wh- what's my direction? Where's the flow? Where's the focus? Mm-hmm. And then I just trust that I'm going to f- be led to do, maybe it's not even on my list, Sometimes, but yeah. maybe it is but maybe it is. And, but it's certainly not all of it. Never. <laughs> it's just, not, yeah, it's not all of it. Yeah. And, and I so think it's I, hard. It's hard yeah. for our egos to do that, to say, I'm going to trust my it intuition is. and follow that versus my idea of what things should be. Right. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. I, I'm a type a doer and happiness for me can really mean how many boxes can I check off of my yes. list? And I feel really good about myself at the end of the day, if I look at the, and there's lots of check marks. I mean, I, I actually make check marks next oh, to yeah. things that I accomplish. Yeah. So this is a new, this is a new way of looking <laughs> at it, but, but I'm sure that it's a healthier, better, better way to do it. I'm just here as a, a, a believer in you. I just think that you're awesome. And I think that you're, you have much yet to share and and my thought is the more that that presence can flow through you, Heidi, the more that the world's going to be blessed by you. And so I think that's just me stepping into my oh, therapist is, hat and just saying, so Heidi, just let, that. just let presence come through you. <laughs> let, let it feel you as it comes through you and you'll be everything you need to be. That's the non-scarcity, right? And that's something right. that I teach in this podcast. And I know I've, I've had lots of friends be like, well, you know, and it's true. I can get a little in the clouds. We all can, right? I need a little structure. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. to start my day with receiving and then put structure around that. What did I receive? Okay. Then how do I actually make that concrete? Cause I think we all need structure, right? Mm-hmm. I feel this thing needs to be accomplished. I need to go schedule that on my calendar. I need to make that up, you know, do those things. Right? right. But I think a lot of times we just go to into our ego and say, what do I think I should be? And so we're just replaying the past and our future looks just like our past. This is what you learn, but there's this place of new creation that doesn't take the past at all. Mm-hmm. This, and if you like understand energy, which I do, this is called the zero point field, but you just let God show you something new. And then there's mm-hmm. going to be totally new things you do. Right. And so you can't even plan it because you don't even know what you don't know yet. Right. So this yeah. is the beautiful piece where you just say, I don't actually know how to create that new thing. So I'm going to throw away my way of doing things for a minute. There might be things I keep, because I'm going to let, you know, whatever you want me to keep, I'm going to keep it, but there's things we're shedding too, right? We're shedding yes. so we can go into new parts of self. So I'm sure there's going to be things you don't do anymore. And there's going to be new things yeah. you've never done. And I'm so right. excited to hear about it. 
Like maybe yeah. Kate posted and how that yes. looks like for you. I would love to hear that. I'll see Absolutely. it too. I see that when people do this, they expand to like whole new levels of growth and development. It's such a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to surrender to our souls and just yeah. let it be born. It's yeah. So cool. Surrender and submission. Those are, those have negative connotations for us, but really mm-hmm. they are not in the right framework yeah. of balance and trusting God or trusting your spiritual power. Um, that's, that's a beautiful path to take. Yeah. What are you surrendering to? Yeah. I think people think they're surrendering to, I had a a good friend. I think, you know, her. do you know, Rachel Grant Dixon a little bit? Yeah, you did. I think I listened to some of that, but she did a podcast. I really loved on this. And she talked about, um, um, this concept of surrender being like waving the white flag and prisoner of war. And we have a tendency to think of it that way. And then Mm -hmm. the the idea is, no, you're surrendering to your actual self. You're just letting spirit show you, you like, you're not Mm -hmm. surrendering. You're not losing. You're gaining. You're actually becoming more yourself. I love that idea. I'm always like, I'm just letting God show me, me. I'm just letting God. Absolutely. There are greater gifts and strengths and light within us that we haven't even discovered yet. I'm 60 years old. And I know that there's, there's so many more things ahead in my future. And so I'm going to let God. I'm going to make room in my life for God to show me some of that. And I trust that I trust that that will be um, an incredible path. I do too. And, it, and it means growth. It means growth for me. And that's what I want. And that's what you teach. And that's what you are. We teach from what we are. I love that. Thank you so much for being on this podcast and for being you and being so vulnerable about your current journey. I wish you healing and Thank balance you. in your physical body so that it can match your intentions. Yeah. And um, I appreciate that. I'm getting there. And keep score. <laughs> I hope that you find that greater capacity. Um, anything else, anything else that you want to just share with the podcast as we finish up? Oh, and I want everyone to know, just so I can say this for everyone, if you want to know about Heidi, go to HeidiTucker.com. If you want her to speak at any of your events, I know she speaks all over the place. Maybe now she's going to be selective, <laughs> but she's a speaker and a writer. And of course, her books are all there and they're wonderful right. too. But yeah. anything yeah. else, just that's what I would have them know about you. Yeah, there's just, there's a contact um, button there on my website too at HeidiTucker.com. And you can just reach out and ask me any question or we can chat or yeah, I'm happy to connect with your audience. Awesome. I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm sure I know that my audience, a lot of them have been through some really tough times and uh, it's always nice to know somebody's been there and there and there maybe there's a way through. That's what you're showing people today. So thank you so much, Heidi, for being here. And um, I look forward to listening, listening to more of what you have to share. And I'll talk to all of you soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Summer. Thank you.